You're tuned in to Shake, Rattle, and Goal, the official podcast of your Springfield Thunderbirds. Osmanski, a one-timer deflected side of the goal, Alexandrov scores! Hosted by Matt Baker and Steve Forney, a show that's everything Springfield hockey with interviews including players, coaches, and staff. The Springfield Indians repeat as the Calder Cup champions. Listen to this podcast on all major streaming platforms and wherever you download podcasts. In his first year at the helm, Kevin McDonald and Drew Bannister have the team in the Polar Cup Finals. Watch the podcast on the official Shake, Rattle, and Goal YouTube page at SRG Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Baker and Steve Forney. And this episode number 15 of the Shake, Rattle, and Gold podcast proudly brought to you by our friends at White Lion Brewing in Tower Square in downtown Springfield and their new location in Amherst. As you know, the Springfield location is your go-to pregame spot for all Thunderbirds games. Alongside Matt Baker, I'm Steve Forney coming to you uh, just post-Christmas, man. We're not even, as a couple parents, we're like still in the thick of it. I don't care what the calendar says. I, I don't know about you, Steve, or anybody else, but our, our family, we have four to five Christmases every year. And, uh, you know, here we are recording the day after Christmas on the calendar, but just finished Christmas number four at my in-laws. And uh, <laughs> so big, deep breath. We have, uh, it, yeah, we're heading down to Connecticut tomorrow night to see my cousins are all over the States and, and they, we all, they all flew in. So I'll be down in Connecticut for one more dinner tomorrow, and then that's it. Man, never ends. I don't know if I'm going to leave the house tomorrow. <laughs> well, I guess I, I'll till the till the puck drops on a Wednesday night. I don't think right? I'm going to yeah. plan on leaving the house at all tomorrow. But um, you know, we hope everybody had a wonderful holiday, stayed safe, Merry Christmas, and um, yeah, it's I, you know, it, you get to this age, right, mid 30s, couple kids, where it's just a blast. I mean, I it's a lot. It's stressful as hell and everything else, but um boy is it is it fun to be a parent to watch these kids lose their mind when when santa comes and, the uh, stress is all worth it the stress totally. is all worth it the totally the late night is all worth it the early morning is all worth it um, what time are your kids up matt um so my oldest had a little trouble going to bed on christmas eve um around 10 o'clock he went down he snuck out of bed at 2 30 to go to the bathroom <laughs> uh and but then he he has asthma and he was kind of coughing a little bit so uh, i was up at 3 30 to give him his inhaler and then i kind of was up and then my younger son was up at like 5 20 in our bed by 5 30 you're you're watching a show until Tyler wakes up. We were hoping to get to six thirty, and actually, uh, Tyler did. He so we were up at seven to to yeah in the living room at seven, which was good. That was that was good. Yeah. How about you no. guys? No, I had both of them. Luca woke up his sister at four, Ooh. brought them both downstairs, and we put them in our bed and said nobody's moving till six. And yes. between four and five, you roll over and you look at them and they're both just laying in bed with their eyes wide open, like not even remotely yeah, able to sleep. So no, 5 a.m. we were opening stockings. It was. Uh, That's great. Was a day. So yes, long story sure. short, today was a big family nap, which was very Perfect. much needed as uh, yep. we, we talk here on Tuesday. But um, 
we, we do have a lot to get to. I, I do think that um, you're just on the whole, uh, the game against Hershey on, on Friday night was the single most entertaining game of the year. And Saturday night against Bridgeport was kind of close to that. The only mm-hmm. problem I had is it's Bridgeport. Like, right. come on. Like, right. you shouldn't be in the same situation you're in against Hershey that you're on in Bridgeport. But um, despite the AHL app, you know, crapping out a whole bunch for you at home, um, just some quick general takeaways from the weekend games against those two teams. Uh, you know, in general, I think, you know, as we break down these last two games, there's the good, the bad, and kind of everything in between. Um, I think, you know, I love this team. I love, love, love this version of this team. They're never out of it. Um, They're entertaining to watch. They're frustrating at times because you know what can be there. Um, But at the same time, you know, it's, it's AHL developmental league and, and these things happen, but it's, it's, there, I don't. As a dad, too, both these games, we're we're in the stands uh, for Friday night's game against Hershey, and I'm telling my kids, "Don't worry, they're not out of it." Yeah, you know. And and here's my kids. Yeah, but like Hershey's in first place, boys. It doesn't matter. You still have to play the game. It's not over. And then you know you get into overtime against Bridgeport. They're frustrated. Oh, again, it's all standings to them. So, oh, Bridgeport, they're they're not even they're not even in the playoffs right now. What's going on, boys? The game's not over. You know, right. and this one it came down. It was a little bit later, right? Ten seconds. The end. Ten seconds left is it's hard for me to still be like, boys, it's not over yet. But it it's true, and and so you know, I like it from a dad standpoint too because I now I kids, dad was right. It, the games are never over, and and you know, all kidding aside our young viewers and the young fans of the Thunderbirds, you know, that is a lesson. These guys are professional and I don't know any professional who's going to make an excuse about a loss or concede any loss at any time. Um, if, if they had that sort of mentality, I don't think they'd be playing at this level. So, you know, again, I think there's going to be some good, bad, and a little bit of everything in between when we break down these games, but I, I love this team and, yeah. They're entertaining to watch. They they keep me on my seat. And, uh, you know, as a fan, you can't ask for anything more. I mean, it's not to cross sports at all and go off topic, but, you know, for Patriots fans out there, everyone's like, well, this team needs to tank. If you watched the game on Christmas Eve and you saw the way that locker room was after that win against Denver, and, you know, you're a Giants fan, and sadly yeah. your team kind of stinks as much as mine does. They do. You know, good luck telling those NFL players, yeah, guys, we're just gonna we're just gonna throw away the rest of the season. Like, right. No, like they're not doing that. And yeah, you know, that that to me shows a lot, whether it's a season or just a game, you know, these guys, nobody likes to lose. Like nobody likes to lose. And uh to, to just throw away games, to throw away seasons, it's just not in if you get to this level, it's not in your makeup, ideally, sure. right? So yeah, um, and you're right. I think I had a lot of family in the building on, on Friday for Hershey and everybody was like, boy, that after a period, I thought that thing was, you know, that thing was over. And, yep. you know, um, 
they were just as happy with their $2 Coors Light drafts. I went to see all my family. And <laughs> I couldn't get, I couldn't get a hug. They're all holding two Coors Lights at intermission. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll come back later. And we, but, we know um, where you stand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, but real quick, before we do get into the games, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the follow up our buddy, Casey Terreri, who I had yep. a nice chat with before Saturday's game. And, and I know he did a little something cool for you too. Yeah. What a nice guy. Yeah. So Casey invited, um, my family, my two kids, myself, and my wife down into the officials locker room and had an opportunity to speak with all the, the officials. Um, and you know, my, my kids had more questions for them and, and we spent about 15, 20 minutes, um, just chatting about hockey and officiating and just what a great experience. And, uh, you know, it's again, one of those things that my kids hopefully have a memory of, um, forever. And, and it was cool too, because so it was Casey Terreri, uh, number 75, Sam Heidman, number 60, Brent Colby, number seven, and Matt Heinen, number 38. And they were all sort of in different stages of their officiating career. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so it was great to sort of hear their their outlook on officiating and their outlook on some of the things one thing that i found interesting we spent a lot of time talking about the overtime and the three on three all four of them within a second of me asking about their thoughts on overtime oh they love it um but they all they want the game over you know um, right right they want to get into their into their going home clothes and and so they want the game over so they like it from that standpoint um, but just great guys. And, and, and just, I can't say enough for how nice and welcoming Casey was, uh, to my family. So Casey, if you're listening, thank you for that. It was, it was a, a lot of fun. Great pleasure. Uh, that's awesome. And I mean, to that point, like nobody, I mean, if you're in the building and the, the refs in overtime call a penalty against the other team, which by the way, happened Saturday, uh, most of the time it, when it gets to overtime, you're like, just put the whistle away. Right. Unless it's obvious, don't bother calling anything. And, and, most of the time, there's not even really a lot of whistles in the three-on-three. So, um, yeah, I bet they they sort of want it over. But, yeah, it's funny. On Saturday, I caught Casey because, again, he talked to us about how he puts the sweats on and he goes out for a jog. And so he's yep. jogging by where I am. And and I I was walking and I caught him for a minute. And uh, I, I was like, so where are you going? He's like, well, I got a couple in Bridgeport. I got to do some in Lehigh Valley. And then I'm doing the West Coast Swing where I'm doing San Diego and Coachella Valley and – uh, you know, whoever the other uh, California team is there. And I, I said, so, so you're telling me that in, in, in early to mid January, they sent you out to the West coast. <laughs> He's like, Steve, let me tell you, one of these arenas has a golf course across the street. I'm like, dude, take me with you. you yeah. know? So, so when we're out here, hopefully, I don't know what mid January brings, I'm sure it's going to be bitter cold. Just know that Casey Terreri's playing on a golf course on the West coast. So, <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, just, I, uh, yeah, really cool guy. It was nice that I could catch him for a minute. And I thought that yeah. what he did for you guys was, was really cool. And, and those again, all throughout this league, I think that's what makes minor league sports so great is mm-hmm. the experiences for the kids, meeting the players, getting sticks from, from players, meeting them before and after the game. And whether it's players, refs, coaches, I think everybody for the most part buys into that. Yeah. And you know, that's. Again, this especially this time of the year, boy, wasn't that special for, for the young kids? So tip of the hat to Casey. We'll have to get him on again sometime. 
Yeah, and, and he'd be happy to come on. I even I even think a couple of them too are like, hey, if you ever want somebody else to come on, let me know. So yeah, very nice. Anybody very anybody but the Brigantes. I'll get into them, but I can't. <laughs> I, I just I can't. And they're so they're nice guys. And that, you know, and we're gonna cover this game, but holy crap, man, drop the puck. Like, I think I counted six times in the first period and a half where the Brigantes kicked somebody out of the faceoff on a power play. It's like, mm. dude. I know you got rules to follow as a linesman. Drop the puck. Just drop it and see what happens. It, it's just, a, sorry, it drove me bananas. But anyway, um, <laughs> let's take a look at that that game in Hershey where, you know, it starts out just real bad in that first period. They're down 2 nothing, And then 11 seconds into the second, they're down 3 nothing. And I think most people, for the most part, were like, well, this Here is we over, go. you know. Yeah. and But it, it wasn't the case. Yeah. I mean, look, this this is my bad of at least this weekend. And, and quite honestly, I think it's been five games now where the Thunderbirds have had to come back. They've given up the first goal. I don't know what it is, but I, I do think this is something that – this isn't a trend you want. Five games in a row, you are giving up the first goal. Um, I think only 11 times this year, I believe – I'll have to double check that, but um, where they've scored first, I think getting off to a better start is, is sort of that next check off the list for this team to continue to move progress throughout the season, right? It's, it's worse. We're approaching the midway point of the season. It's still fairly early, but you know, you, you can't bet on putting yourself in a three Oh hole and climb back into overtime. Scoring, giving up a goal 11 seconds into a period. Ah, oh, that's, again, I don't know what it is, um, but I I would think that's got to be priority one on Coach Kachuk's list. How can I get this team better in the first period and better to open up a period? Not necessarily. Just, you don't have to score goals. But starts but, in general. Whether you're starting a game, yeah. starting a period, coming out the gate ready to go. Yeah, I, I believe in sort of setting that tone. And so now you're just kind of playing through the ebbs and flows of the game where if you are allowing a team to gain momentum, to start a period, to start a game, to start anything, you're now waste not wasting energy, but spending energy to counter that momentum than just to get into the ebbs and flows of a game. Right. So, you know... Again, Hershey, we know Hershey's a great team. We know they have great goaltending. You 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 know, and I didn't think it was an awful play in that first period. I mean, they got outshot almost outshot 15 to 8. Um but that, that, 15 is a high number. I mean, 15 is is I mean, anything over 12 to me is is too many shots to give up in a period. 15 is a high number. Yeah, you know? and and you look at on on Sunday, the week before this first game against Hershey, and the they the the total was 19 shots on goal in an it's entire period. You know, like so talk about again a tale of two teams where you lose one nothing in a defensive sort of not struggles the wrong word to use right, but just a, a defensive a style yeah. game, yeah. a battle. There you go. And now here you're getting out shot 15 to eight. Um, I thought Zarenko kind of had to play off his head just to keep them within striking distance. 
Um, so, but I guess, I mean, now you found yourself in a three Oh hole and, and this now, this is what I love about this team. Joey Duzak, probably this goal and Will Bitten's goal in the hand, um, the hockey fights cancer night, the Bitsy's army are two of the prettiest goals I've seen in a long time in, in person at the AHL level. But that goal from Joey Duzak, that toe drag, that little deke move, top shelf, beautiful goal. And here's what I liked more about this. And, I, and, and again, the dad, the coach in me, I point this out to my kids. He didn't really celebrate with anybody. He kind of took his glove. And if you're on YouTube, you'll you kind of see the motion I'm making. But he kind of went in like a fast forward, like, let's go. And if you read yeah. his lips, that's exactly, let's go. And there was an expletive in there. Let's go. <laughs> And I like that. And it's true. We're down three to one. What, what are we, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Good job. We, there's a lot more work to do. And then you have less than a minute later, Vrana getting his first goal. Um, I personally, let me take a little tangent here. I am closing the door on any more Vrana buy-in with this team. I don't know if, if you've seen something different, but you know, that the James Neal bad taste in our mouths, you know, that kind of is Vrana buying in. He's bought in, in my opinion. I, I was talking to a front office staff Friday night. He bumped into him outside, you know, walking to their hotel. And just a quick chat he had. I think he's happy to be in Springfield for what it's worth. And I'm happy to have him. But, you know, that so that goal less than a minute later was huge. And now you're going into the third period with only a one-goal deficit. And um, the Thunderbirds do what the Thunderbirds do. They outshoot Hershey in the third, 15-7. to seven. You get a Zach Dean goal, which is good to see. Sure is. Um, and, and now you're going into overtime. And I think one thing I noticed in this game, I thought their D, D to D passing, cross-size passing, was not what it used to be um, or not what we're accustomed to seeing a lot of sort of didn't quite turn into turnovers, but just some sloppy passing and sloppy receiving the energy level from some of the guys. I don't want to call anyone out in particular, but just some of the energy levels that again, we're accustomed to seeing wasn't necessarily there, but in that third period and in overtime, I just felt they played more open and, you know, their, their rush through the neutral zone was there. Their passing was there. Their, their, you know, that ice vision was there late in the third and into the overtime and that three on three, I mean, they dominated Hershey. I'll be at three on three, five minutes, didn't get a goal. Um, but just talk about, I mean, they had three official shots. All three of them were legit chances. Um, so as exciting as you can be about a shootout loss, that was an exciting, you know, upbeat kind of shootout loss, I guess, if that yeah. makes sense. No, I, I agree. And, and you know, you mentioned the shot total in, in an overtime. I think the, the, the last probably 15 seconds of the third period, I remember at least three Hershey guys that were forced to lay out to block shots. 
Yeah. And but the, the horn goes off and there's four Hershey guys sprawled across across the ice because they just had to eat shots. It looked like a battle scene out there because mm-hmm. the Thunderbirds just dominate. I mean, the last 30 seconds of the third period, they were just all over them. And, yeah. you know, the, the passing, you're right, the passing and the puck control and the puck possession to me were absolutely abysmal for a period and a half. They couldn't mm-hmm. make a pass. They couldn't receive passes. They, they were turning it over in the neutral zone. There was just no uh, respect for the importance of holding the puck for a period and a half. And, you know, uh, one thing that I think uh, a guy like Verona is get, has to get used to, and this isn't something that I'm, like, picking on him for, but I think you mentioned it to me when you talked to, talked to um, Casey Terreri in the locker room is, I think you asked, forgive me if I'm wrong, but you asked Casey like the, about the difference in speed from yeah. ECHL guys, to the AHL guys, to the NHL guys, right? And mm-hmm. as somebody who's worked at AHL and AHL, the biggest difference of all of it is speed. Mm-hmm. And what takes an AHL guy to get to top speed, maybe two or three strides, it takes the NHL guy a half a stride to one stride, and they're gone. Yeah. So, you know, Verona, there was a point where he would, I think on two different occasions, would make these passes without looking, assuming that somebody was there. And it's like, buddy, like you're not in St. Louis. Like this is the AHL. You got to give our guys an extra second. You got to look over your shoulder, understand where everybody is. And I could tell he got a little, a little miffed because I think he threw it back to the point. There was nobody there, but it's just, again, it's, it's not, you're not in the NHL anymore. So like there is a little bit of that learning curve, I think Mm -hmm. from a guy like Jacob Verona of understanding, um, how to maybe tone it down in some instances. And then of course, in the third over in the overtime, he was double shifting. And I don't know if he even ever came off the ice. I mean, he was just absolutely all over the place. Um, But the passing cleaned up. My issue is that with this team, the first, whatever, 10, 15 games of the season, it was the second period. They were getting Mm -hmm. smoked in the second period. They were getting way out shot. They were giving up a lot of goals. They, They would come into the second period with a lead and, would blow it. And now it seems like that has shifted to the first period where now they're having their struggles in the first period. Now the bright side is at least it's not the third period, right? Because if you blow, if you stink in the first two periods, you always have the last 20 minutes. If you stink in the third, there's no coming back from it. Right. So if you're going to stink, you might as well stink in the first or second periods, but really consistently I've yet to see a solid 60 minute effort every game. And I can't imagine in some of these games that they lost it, it lost if They just put together 60 minutes of legit hockey, what it would look like, what the score sheet would look like. And, you know, I, like you said, I think it's up to coach to Chuck. I don't know what you do, but how do you get 60 minutes of full effort from this team? And, and, um, you know, I, I love the roster as it is. And, and maybe I'll talk a little bit about this now before we get to the, the Bridgeport game. I, I really do, and this isn't about Sam Bitten. This team is lacking a physical presence, and it's not just just fights. It's 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 physicality. It's hitting. It's it's uh, imposing your will on the other team, mm-hmm. coming out and making sure that they know. And and we look at these teams we're playing against: Seth Helgeson, Dylan McElrath, and in, in Hershey. Every team kind of has a guy. I mean, Dylan McElrath just absolutely smoked. I think it was Zach Dean. Just you know. Zach was in a vulnerable spot and he just like picked him up and just kind of threw him like, and it, and it wasn't a fight or anything like that, but it was just this like, Oh, we are bigger, badder, better than you. And yeah. 
the Thunderbirds just don't have that. And again, with they've had their Bob, Bobby Farnham's and, and Riley Stillman, and they've had guys over the years that impose their will on the other team. And when you need a big hit, we need a momentum shift. That's who you look to. And I, I my, my fear is in a playoff series that this team can get pushed around. And yeah. a lot of times I mentioned those two guys that comes from the back end and, and between Kessel Rosen Coughlin, you know, um, Duzak, who's undersized. I, I just, there's there, Leo Loof, like there's no physical mm-hmm. presence from any of those guys. And, and so again, would I trade it from what Coughlin has delivered? No, the guy's got like 11 goals. He's an absolute, absolutely dynamite out there. Kessel, I think he's been playing the best he's played in his time here over the last four or five games. Kelly Rosen, I don't think had a very good weekend, but somebody and you look at Hunter Skinner. I think Hunter Skinner's the physical guy, but he's just like one shift away from getting a penalty every time he's on the ice. Yeah. So um, there's there there needs to be. I guess my biggest fear is is that this team lacks that physical presence, and I think whether it's the Sam Bitten fights, um, or a big hit here or there that shifts the momentum, that is really what's helped this team a lot. And you know, as we kind of get to the Bridgeport game, Will Bitten smoked two guys right in front of me. One of them was Ishikov on Bridgeport. And there was a scrum directly in front of me. And once that happened, the game, the game changed. Yeah. It flipped. And Will finally said, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, I'm going to hit everything that, that moves. And that shift totally changed the game. And I think at that point it was three to one because it was in the third period, but Mm -hmm. the physicality. And again, it doesn't have to be this, this, this lug nut fight of two guys just hammering on each other, just imposing yourself physically on the opposition is so important at this level. And I think it's something that the team kind of lacks a little bit. I would agree to that. And, and, you know, sometimes the physicality isn't just getting into a fight, but the understanding on both sides that it could lead to that. Right. And, you know, does that mean that, on Friday night's game, does McElrath finish a check just a little bit harder? Or does he, you know, is he, is he a little bit later getting to it, knowing that, you know, nobody's going to challenge me on this roster right. right now, right? Is there that element to to a game? And and sure. possibly so. And and so to your point, I, I would agree with that. I, I think they're, you know, Kalanuk will, will mess it up a little bit. And, and I don't think it's necessarily that we're the Thunderbirds are out there getting bullied night in night out. I don't think that's the case, but there is a, a different feel in a lineup when Sam is in there, when other guys are in there and you just know sort of, you know, you, you spend an extra 10 seconds trying to hand wash somebody in front of our net there, there might be an issue. You know, so right. I would agree to that. I think they need to find a little bit more of that physical identity. It's, it team. should it should come from somebody else with bitten besides bitten on the back of the jersey because yeah. it's been yeah. Will and it's been Sam and and it's been Nathan Walker and I love Nathan Walker but he's five eight. Yeah, he's not yep. going to go out there and and start start smashing guys around. You know, and and I do look at guys like Bolduke and Dean and Abramov and I, I they're not the biggest guys in the world but if you want to get to the next level, mm-hmm. you need to learn how to finish a check. Mm-hmm. Dylan Coughlin, I don't think I've seen him hit anybody all year. 
And mm-hmm. Callie Rosen, I don't know what I was expecting, but I don't, he doesn't hit anybody. He, he, he like, he doesn't hit anything. And Matt Kessel doesn't really hit anything. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm expecting a little bit more from these guys to where, like you're saying, when you talk about McElrath, you know, you're following a guy in the play and you know, he's going to move the puck. And how many times do you see guys skate towards the puck carrier and then they move it and then they, they, they curl off and they don't make any contact. Mm-hmm. Put two hands in the guy's chest and move them. It doesn't even need to yeah. be a big hit, but if that guy knows that you're going to play physical, it, it changes their thought process within yeah. the game. And I, and I just, I'm not seeing that from this team and I'm not looking for a team full of goons, but you know, I, uh, maybe I just, it's my PTSD from the Bruins in 2019, the playoffs where they went up against St. Louis and mm-hmm. just got freaking bullied, man. They just got pushed around, beat around. There was no answer for the physicality that St. Louis gave Boston in the 2019 Stanley Cup Finals. And that is the thing that I look at for this team to where if you go up against, you know, you play Hershey. I mean, we talked about Hartford. They're all freaking six eight. They're all trees over there. Yeah, you get a five-game series against that team, and they impose their will physically on you. You're you're done. You they mm-hmm. have no chance. So we um, we kind of saw that last last postseason, for albeit only two games. But yeah, you, you, I, I I would agree with you on that. Yep. I mean, maybe Mackenzie McEachern. I believe it was sort of a paper tra- transaction, but I do believe he's on his way back down. Like, there's mm-hmm. a guy who I want to go out there, and I know he's a go- he he can do it all. I think he's a good goal scorer. He can pass. He can hit. I, I want to see more physicality from that player um, shift out, you know, shift by shift. And and I think that that over the course of a game is, is something that can really change things. So, um, so we, yeah. we are going to break down that, that Bridgeport game uh, a little bit, but I do want to mention that the SRG podcast proudly sponsored by our friends at white line brewing their new location in Amherst on North pleasant street. And of course, right in downtown Springfield at tower square at 1500 main street, the place to go, prior to Springfield Thunderbirds games. As we know, parking in downtown Springfield is a little tricky these days. Make sure you uh, park in the Tower Square garage and then swing into White Line. You can show them your T-Birds ticket and they'll validate your parking for you while you're there. Grab some Boomer Nachos, some Seuss Mac and Cheese, some Hall of Fame wings, along with any of the 20-plus beers they have. And, of course, uh, don't forget, especially the holiday season, uh, New Year's is coming around the corner. Um, You can find your favorite White Lion beers right in your local liquor store cooler. So, I'll look for those as well. White Lion Brewing now in Amherst and in downtown Springfield, a proud local supporter of the SRG podcast. And if you go, make sure that you tell them that the boys from SRG sent you. Um, so uh, again, I, we don't need to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I, I'm I'm as a paying customer of AHL TV, I'm really disappointed in the product. And I I I, I don't know if you've even noticed where you can't even if it's a seven oh five start, you can't even log in at six fifty eight. Which yeah. is you you must wait until the game has started. It's like why? Why can't yep. you just give me the the, the the arena feed? Like why can't I watch warm-ups? Like I find and, that and, so and that's I, I don't understand that either. When you watch games on demand, you get the whole the Thunderbirds are different in a sense. They start because I think Ryan starts the radio broadcast a little bit sooner. So I you get like the, the on demand games, I get before the warm-ups, the players. Yeah, you get yeah, like an hour. Yeah. 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 Um but yeah, that that is frustrating, and and for me, I was watching this game uh, at home, and and the whole pretty much the whole first period, just about. Um, I had nothing. I had nothing. It's, so that's so annoying. It was it was frustrating. I don't know what the issue was, but uh, it had nothing. So 
And the, the sad thing is, and I, I'm, I'm finding this out just being on headset, is that like yep. we in-house don't know there's an issue until the game starts. So mm-hmm. maybe that's part of the thing to where it's like, well, you can't watch the game till 7.05. Well, maybe if you let the people watching it tune in at 6.45, you'll realize, oh, no, we have an issue. Let's get it addressed now before the game sure. starts. You know what I mean? So um, I think for what we pay for AHL TV, I, I, I think it needs an upgrade. And I'm, I'm again, I get a little frustrated with it. And thank God it's a whatever, seven, a seven game homestand where I don't have to worry about AHL TV. But, you know, you were texting me emojis. And I was like, oh, boy, like, here we go. Like, <laughs> yeah. TV is down like, you know, so um, but luckily in the first period, um, you didn't miss much. It, it, it really wasn't pretty. Um Bridgeport, I think, again, came out with more energy. They came out with a little yeah. more spark. Um, you're playing against Jakob Skarik, who I, I think this team plays really well against. Um, but uh, I, there were one, two, three, four, four high-sticking penalties in this game. And I think – I don't mean to keep bringing it up. This team needs to stop getting stick infractions. The hooking, yeah. tripping, high-sticking, cross-checking. It's becoming it's becoming something to, to something to monitor, um, mm-hmm. you know. And as we look at it, they uh, Bridgeport had uh, three goals up, three goals uh, after two periods. And again, a, a team that I expected, especially after that Hershey game, I expected them to come out guns blazing and score freaking nine goals on this team. And it was the total opposite. And and just like it was in Hershey, if it wasn't for Zarenko, that game could have been eight nothing in the second period. If it wasn't yeah. from Malcolm Subban, that Bridgeport game could have been six nothing going into the third period. So mm-hmm. never bring up the goalies till the after the fact, but um, they can't keep coming out like this starting games, whether it's Bridgeport or Hershey. It's like they play down to their competition against a team like Bridgeport, and it's 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 tough to see when you're there in person. Yeah, and you know, I mean, we we talked about this previewing this game and i i highlighted this game as like uh, let's hope it's not a trap game regardless of how the hershey game ends up you know now you're playing a bridgeport team you know you've got to match that energy and i think part of that consistency with how this team starts games and periods is consistent play across regardless of who your competition is play consistent and play your style game that's sort of, again, I think the next, you know, the, the top priority of, of a coach Kachuk team is that consistent play from the first puck drop to the end of the third period. Um, but again, you know, that's, that's the bad of it. The good of it is as, as awful as giving up a goal 11 seconds into the second period was against Hershey. You have Adam Gaudet coming in and scoring 19. Yep. And so 19 seconds into the third, your T-Birds are on the board. And a little glitter of hope. Um, And again, I thought their play sort of opened up a little bit. You're getting outshot by Bridgeport up to this point. Um, And then you, in the third, you just obliterate them. So even though the shots weren't getting past Jakob Skarab, right away you're you're peppering him 20 shots i believe on goal in the third period yeah 20 to um, 6 they outshot him uh, just just dominant and and there is no reason why that couldn't be periods 1 2 and 3 
I, you know, that sort of shot discrepancy, I, I don't know. That, that's the consistent play that I want this team as they're progressing through the season to improve upon. Um, I don't expect them to win every game and you're not going to play like that every game, but you shouldn't have to rely on a 20 to six discrepancy on the shots to just try to force an overtime. But you know this. This is how they won the game, and and again, this right. is what I love about this team. There is there will be no quit. There will be no. Oh, I, it's not happening. <laughs> We've talked about it now the last two weeks. You've had fire drills. You've had coach call ups. You've had player call ups. You've got players sent down, and there's not going to be an excuse. There's an expectation to win. You just want to see that consistent play match that expectation. I guess for me, um, no, totally. But again, so you know. About 15 minutes in to the third, you've got Dylan Coughlin with his 10th goal of the season. And then Captain Pekka, 10 seconds left. Um, Holy pole. And even, oof. And even that last minute or so was just, again, peppering, peppering, peppering. Onslaught, yeah. Shots that you saw against Hershey late in the third and into overtime, but you have Shepard making those saves. Um, you know, Jakub Skara made all but one, which is great. And Jakob Verana. Is it Jakob or Jacob? So from what I heard from Ryan, it, he, he doesn't care. It's either or. Okay. So I was trying to keep it consistent because I, I thought that, that Ryan was going to call him Jakob, but I guess Ryan's calling him Jacob. So I'll probably switch to Jacob just to be consistent with Ryan. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the yeah. Jacob Jakob thing with these guys from wherever is it? Chechnya. I, I, mm-hmm. I think. You know, Jakob Zaborl and, and uh, Jakob Skarik. Um, th- th- from what I gather, they don't care and they'll take it either way. So, okay. You, you, yeah, whatever I actually, way you want. Yeah, I had always heard it, Jakob, from the NHL, kind of, I believe. Or at least that was my memory in my mind. I, and we've referred to him as Jakob's Verana. I think I think Jakob sounds cooler. To, it's yeah, more fun to say. Yeah, so that's Jakob why Verana. I go with Jakob. Yeah. But then yeah, I heard, and, and, you know, and even. Um, Kevin Johnson in the post-game interview was Jacob. I just want to make sure. Um, yeah, know, whatever. So I guess we'll be consistent too. We'll we'll go with Jacob. But he scores in the in the overtime. And again, pulling double shifts. You know, you've got defensemen, Callie Rosen, Kessel blocking shots in overtime and in the third period, giving up the body. You know, going back real quick to the Hershey game, I think Callie Rosen actually needed to be helped onto the bench because he took one right off the the outside of the thigh there. He had a little dead leg for a little bit Um, and those sorts of plays, keeping him in. But Jacob Vrana with the game winner in overtime and, and just a great, that was an NHL shot, you know, right under the armpit, I believe. And there it is. The horn sounds. And how good has it got to feel for that player? I mean, he's been uh, at least a point per game since he got down here. That was his first goal, but, and this was a game, I think of all the ones he's played where he, he wasn't the most noticeable. Um, through the first three periods, but then you come out in overtime and you just put an absolute laser beam over the shoulder. And and that's, you know, even I believe he had the one in the shootout in Bridgeport that hit the, hit the crossbar, oh. came straight down, did not go in. I didn't think we ever talked about well, that. Well, that was the, that was that's, the shootout in Hershey. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. That, that was, that's yeah, gotta, that was the shootout in Hershey or against yeah. Hershey. Yeah, right. And yeah, I did that hit two posts. Actually. I think I, I, I think know. I think it crossbar. hit the crossbar and came straight down. 
Oh, and it yeah. didn't, and then bounced out. Like it didn't hit the hit the line at all. So for him to come back the next night and get the game winner on an absolute laser beam has got to feel good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, to get that kind of reaction from the crowd I, again, when the game, when the team and their fans are engaged, I don't care if you're an ECHL call up or you're an NHL send down. That's just got to feel. I mean, I got to be honest. Second period after I think their third power play, the Boo Birds were out. Mm-hmm. Thunderbirds fans yeah, were you could booing the power play. You could hear it, mm-hmm. and. I think when the fans are engaged in the game, I think that just goes such, such a long way for these players uh, from all walks of life. So, um, you know, that's got to feel good for Verona. And uh, again, you don't obliterate this team, but again, Hershey's the team. I think we've been saying it all year where if you, if you just let them know, like they play not to lose. So yeah. if you get ahead of them early, they will lay down. If they have a lead and you come back, I believe the night before in Hartford, they were had a four nothing lead on Hartford and they ended up winning five four, but they let yes. Hartford climb all the way back. Yeah, so that. yeah, yeah. So that's one of those teams where it's it's just if you put it in, if you put that little seed of doubt in their head, they're gonna blow it. Mm-hmm. And um uh you know, some people ask, and I'll give them give them credit, you know, it's like how do you get 20 shots in the first period in the third, but you can't get that in the first and it's easy to say it's like, again, it's like a football team where they run a two minute drill and they go mm-hmm. 70 yards down the field in 34 seconds at the end of the game. And it's like, well, how come they don't do that in the first quarter? And it's like, well, because the game is just situationally different. It just, it doesn't, you can try a two minute offense in the first quarter all you want, but if you run three plays and it doesn't work, you're punting <laughs> yeah. and you've only killed 20 seconds. So it's like, it doesn't always work out that way. Um, but I, 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 I still, like, I do. So, and you're right in that. And and I guess to my earlier point, I just want to like, we can't expect a 20 to six every period, but I, I just no. want to see more consistent play where you right. don't have to rely on that 20 to six really dominant third period. I want them just to be able to play their hockey and let the score be the score, but play their hockey to start every period and throughout the period and just play sort of that consistent Springfield Thunderbird hockey. You, so you're not always having to rely on that third period and overtime. Yeah. And, and you don't have to worry about the perfect shot. I think sometimes, especially on the power play, they look for the perfect shot. And it's like, this is the minors. Like, shoot low on a goalie that gives up a lot of rebounds and then just be ready to crash the net. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're if you're in good position near the goal line and you got a guy up top who can who can shoot low and it deflects or it hits it kicks off a skate or there's mm-hmm. a big rebound and you're ready for it like go for it like it doesn't have to be this four five six pass between the legs over to the open guy to put it in the back door it doesn't always have to be that pretty it can just be pucks on net rebounds finishing i mean that's how pekka scored it in overtime or no the third yeah. period was a just a, a scrum in front of the net top shelf the puck finds him and he, and he scoops it in so you know, those are the things I'm not looking for. Like you said, I don't need 20 shots a period, but if you can create a little bit of havoc in front of the net and a little bit of chaos in front of the net by firing pucks on, that's going to be a good window for getting those greasy, grimy goals, which this team's really good at. Walker, yes. Bitten, Pekka, these, you know, Gaudette is a finesse guy and he can rip it from anywhere. But a lot of these guys are great right in front of the net with a little bit of grease and grime, get underneath the defender, find a loose puck and smash it home. And I think they need to do a little bit more of that consistently over the course of three periods. Um, well said, well said. Um, one other thing from that game got a little chippy at the end. Yes, I, I, I missed... was going to ask you, what's your ins- what do you have an insight on that? 
so I I I, I kind of missed the beginning of it all unfolding. I know that Duzak and Helgeson were both assessed five minute majors for spearing and game misconducts. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of stick work there. And as we know, Joe Duzak, uh, this is twice now Joe Duzak's got into it with Bridgeport because he got yeah. into it with McLean last game. Um, he's a good smack talker, undersized, but uh, the fact that you know five nine Joey Duzak is going after the six foot three captain of Bridgeport, I like. And, yeah. you know, I don't I haven't heard anything from the league about suspensions or anything like that. I know that the ruling doesn't create an automatic suspension. Everything's reviewed. Mm-hmm. So I believe the league just said, you know, let it Merry be that. Christmas. I, I, <laughs> yeah, they, right. And they both got fined. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I, I guess, liked was that it was uh, Helgeson was the last guy on the ice mm-hmm. and the entire Thunderbirds team gravitated towards center ice to where their their exit was off of the uh off the ice and it was literally it was literally 28 against one over there uh on the on the side so um you know i i don't think again i don't think this team could they be more physical yes do they take smack from anybody i really don't think so no I mean, they, I, they well don't, I, I don't don't get pushed around uh, agreed and that i mean you you if you're a team who doesn't have each other's back, you fall apart down three, nothing to Bridgeport. You do. You fall apart down three, nothing against Hershey. You're not again, Joey Duzak saying, let's go. Like he, I got you. You let's go guys. And, and that is this team. And that, again, that's what I love about this team. It's also what, you know, I I have a few extra grays in my beard, but (laughs) you know, it happens. That that's also probably due to my children and the holidays. So, but all right. So, do we want to get into? Uh, we've got three games this week. Yeah, yeah, and all three games are a little something for the fans too. Absolutely. So, we got Wednesday uh, against Hartford, which is also a battle for second place in the Atlantic Division. With your Springfield Thunderbirds, I believe, with just two points behind Hartford. So, if they can get a win. Um, in regulation, uh, they could be end up uh, find themselves in a tie with Hartford, but it is youth jersey giveaway to the first fifteen hundred fans. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be the same as last year's. I think it was the the blue uh, Springfield I, youth jersey from what last I saw, year. From what I saw teased, I think it's actually going to resemble the Boomer Claws jerseys. Nice. So I think I do. I think it's going to have the Boomer Claws uh, logo with a little more red and blue stripes, um, things like that. So I, yeah, I think that's what we're that's what we're looking at. Oh, that'd be awesome. That's awesome. So we've got that's a big game against Hartford. I, we'll break that down in a second. Friday is as always is the Deuces Wild uh, against Bridgeport. These are all seven oh five puck drops. Uh, and then Saturday is the Boomer Ornament Giveaway, and that is against Providence. So these are three Atlantic Division rivals, uh, three very big games. And, you know, this is the up and down of the Atlantic Division. But at the end of this weekend, you could we could see the Thunderbirds sitting alone in second or sitting down there in sixth or seventh, uh, if, you know, if it doesn't go good. So. Three big games. I think this is sort of when these games start to become a little bit more important. You want to start, again, just that continued progression throughout the season. Um, 
but starting off with a big one against Hartford. Personally, I mean, I'm, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say between Hartford and sixth place, Charlotte is four points. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you play, you got three games here in a week and, and every point really matters. Yep. Absolutely. I, I, for me, one thing where Springfield has really struggled against Hartford this year, in my opinion, is the power play. I think we know why, you know, you, you bring up the size and, and they, they're trees playing with 10 foot sticks out there. So space is limited, but I, I'd, I'd like to see that improved their power play against Hartford. We know it's going to get a little chippy. So I'm anticipating some penalties, hopefully for Springfield, not those lazy out of position stick infraction type penalties, like what you were talking about, but I, we can expect a chippy game. It's Hartford. So when we're on the power play, let's, let's take control of the line and, you know, I, I want to see some puck movement. I want to see not settling for the best shot, but let's put a shot on goal and let's see what happens. Crash, you know, use that extra skater to crash, whether it's Deming or Garand. I'm not sure who they're going to go with, but uh, let's let's put some pucks in the net here against Hartford. Yeah, Hartford Hartford's second in the division in penalty minutes with 407. Thunderbirds yeah. have three 348. So they have basically 60 more penalty minutes than you. Um, I'd like to see more of, and they started doing this in the last game against Hartford, running the power play from behind the net. And, you know, you try to work the blue line, the sides against these guys with these long arms and long sticks, put it behind the net, make them chase you, you know, make somebody come around the back of the net. And now in front of the net's four on three and, and more, there's more gaps. There's more space. Um, I mean, if you put two guys behind the net and run the power play back there. I, and this is maybe the lacrosse guy in me because in lacrosse, it's a go. great yeah. way to run a power play is from behind the net and with the goalie with his back to your, your cutting attacker, you know, attackers and midfielders. So we always ran the power play from behind the net. Um, but maybe there's a little bit more action behind the net rather than those blue line passes that it's easier for sticks to get in the lanes. So um, there maybe you go. Coach Forney. I like it. Hey, what can I say? I like uh, as a guy who can't skate, Here's my power play <laughs> suggestion for the team. I like it. Yeah. Um, no, but I totally agree. A special teams is going to be huge in all three of these games. Um, and then um, we look ahead to, again, Bridgeport again. And, and the broken record, bury this team. Yeah. Get up early. Get up get early. Four goal the cushion and then ride out the clock and go home. That's real. You know, I, I, for me, what I'm looking for is get get up early. And and ride a one nothing goal. I mean, I just I they have to get up early on Bridgeport. You know, regardless of what the score is against Hartford and Providence, you're going to have to grind to get those wins. You know, but get up early on Bridgeport and and keep your foot on the pedal and let's see what happens. Hmm. Um, Providence, we haven't seen them in a while. They're playing better hockey than they were earlier in the season. They've sort of <clears throat> sort of righted the ship a little bit there. And Providence uh, a, a little bit. I mean, they're, a little they're bit. Re the reeling. I mean, they've had a they've had a couple of really tough losses the last like week or two. And um they're they're they've blown some leads where they've been up, you know, three two and they lose six three. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's been happening to them recently too. So um I think even Ryan Mujanel, some people are questioning the head coach as to whether or not he's fit for the job. So I think there's a little bit of turmoil there in Providence. And I think it, it again, same thing. Get, step on get up early. early. 
yep. and, and, and wipe them out. Which yeah. sucks because that team, I mean, that team, you know, again, the Bruins fan of me, they're loaded. I mean, they're, they're they, there's a lot of talent there. Yeah. There's so much talent. And the Bruins, again, have called up a lot of guys, the Boston Bruins, in terms of having injuries and stuff like that. So they've had to dip into Providence, which is something they didn't have to do at all last year. Yeah. So they're, they're, they've had to call up guys from ECHL, and and that's the time to really take advantage of that. So, um, yeah. I, I'd like and, to and, see, and I don't follow, but, I don't pay too much attention <clears> to Providence. I know. But, I'm kind of uh, nerdy. <laughs> well, no, no, I, I get it. I get it. But I mean, if if there is dissension among the ranks, those are the teams that if you do get up two, three, nothing early, they're not they're I'm done, you know, and that's right. not the case for Springfield, thankfully and, and happily for us. Right. These guys, are, it's a close knit group. They're going to battle 60 minutes, even though it, it might not look at like they are battling. Um, I just want, you know, so these next three games, let's see some consistent play out of them, you know. Games three, four, five of this homestand, fans be loud. I will say we were loud Friday night. I wasn't there Saturday, but you know, be loud. Both nights, both nights, great crowds. Both yeah, nights were so really good let's, crowds. Let's keep that rolling, and uh, hopefully, this team can roll into the new year on a nice little winning streak. That'd be awesome. So, um, we want to thank everybody for for listening. Uh, as always, I will say I've had more people come up to me. A lot of people will come up and say, "Hey, you're the announcer. Like, how's it going?" I've I've had a lot more people come up to me and be like, "Your podcast is great. Like, you guys are doing an awesome job." And I think part of the reason I'm so nerdy about Providence is because there are people that are Bruins fans that are engaged in Providence and mm-hmm. in following that team and promoting that team and tweeting videos and sending things about the prospects. St. Louis doesn't really have that. I don't think except for us, you know what I mean? So like, um, I, I, I think fans are starting to appreciate what we're doing here, Matt. I think we got a nice little thing going here. And I just want to say to all the people that, that listen and come up to us and say, Hey, we, we love the podcast. Um, we really appreciate you guys listening. Cause if, if you're not listening, then the two of us are just talking to ourselves. And, and that's something we could do on our own time. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, thank you to everybody who's, who's been listening. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year's. Please be safe. Uh, do not be a New Year's Day news story. If you're out uh, getting crazy, being wild, be smart, be safe. There's just too many different resources out there for you to not. Um, Go to a neighbor's house. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'll be. <laughs> I'm going next door. So, um Uh, But yeah, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Be safe and happy holidays. Absolutely. And and again, like, share, follow us on social media. And and we appreciate the views. We appreciate the clicks and likes. And keep keep them coming. And as always, let's go T-Birds.